Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rare Birds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where, you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you are, you're moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we're storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul you just say you know let's change africa or a solution for africa or, or something like that because i'm um, it's really just just dopamine driven conversation uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for africa because africa, africa is not really there is no one solution that works for us right now um we believe that the robotic arm especially is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for the market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two, you are scaled to like maybe a, a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are people really are carefully spending their the few dollars they have. Greetings, Sabir, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. Hi, thank you, Joanne. It's a real pleasure to have you on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background outside of your startup. Uh, so uh, I am uh Sabir, um, uh, outside my startup. So I'm a sports buff. Uh, I have completed my undergrad from uh, University of Dhaka in English literature. And then I've worked uh, in different industries, uh, non-banking financial institutions, um, an internet company. I've worked for the US embassy in Dhaka. And then uh, after working there for five years, I thought, uh, maybe I should take that leap of faith since um, I'm a big time sports lover and I also host TV shows, um, TV sports shows. And so there's, there was this uh, sports connection always. So I thought, why not um, start 
my own company. So first I uh, co-founded uh, a sports management company uh, where I used to manage athletes, do sports events. And after five years, I thought like I should venture something that would help uh, millions of people to engage in sports uh, and also do at least try to do something big. So that's pretty much about it. And in terms of family, I have uh, a married, I have a, a nine-year-old son. Oh, wow. Okay. You're busy, busy, busy. You have a family and a startup and you're in, I imagine you do other things outside of, uh, as you said, you're a sports buff. You're probably involved in different like athletic teams and things like that as well. Yes. Measure. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So I was going to ask you, what is the story behind Kill Bay? But it sounds like it it evolved from your initial sports management company. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so it did. So while I was doing, uh, so my initial sports management company was B two B. But um, as I've said before, when I left my uh, highly paid U.S. Embassy job, <coughs> I always. Uh, uh, wanted to do something that was scalable. And back then I had no idea about uh, how a startup works, about the ecosystem and all. Even after like five years, I, di I didn't know that what I really wanted to do because uh, that's why I've left my uh, last company because um, I had no idea what I, I knew what kind of work I wanted to do but I didn't know the avenues and the channels, how to pursue my dream. And um, so then Kelbay started as a YouTube uh, channel where I used to post sports um, tutorials of different sports. And then people started asking, hey, where can I find information about sports academies? How can I talk to the mentor and stuff like that? So I thought, what? this can be a full-grown business. And then without knowing much about uh, how a startup uh, runs and stuff, I just jumped into it. And I, I, I would be very uh, honest that it hasn't been easy, but uh, the learning has been invaluable. And I think like it's, it's part of the journey. Like uh, it exposes you about your weaknesses and uh, lets you know what you need to be equipped with and what are the skill sets you need to improve. So, so that's fine. I think like uh, it's, it's been rewarding despite all these struggles. Yes, that's what everybody says. That's what everybody says. Okay, so what exactly is the problem that your startup is solving? Uh, so uh, in Bangladesh, um, especially in the urban areas, there aren't... Uh, much uh, spaces uh, to play or uh, you know do physical activities and uh, outside of the capital in the villages like there are spaces but they don't have access to proper coaching or information so i i wanted to build a platform that would solve these problems to help people bangladeshis of all ages to participate in sports through online and on-field services. So I want to create that access and opportunity. Right, and can you give us an overview of what the sporting industry is like right now in Bangladesh? Is it really, 
I mean, I'm from the Caribbean, so I know cricket is big in Bangladesh, right? Right. But <laughs> yes. I mean, outside of that, like, what is the what is this general sporting industry like in Bangladesh? So, uh, as you've said, uh, cricket is by far the number one uh, sport. Uh, it's massive. So the whole sports industry uh, is uh, evolving around uh, sports. Before football. Uh, aka soccer used to be uh, big uh, back in the 90s um, and the sports industry is uh, I would say I won't say it's not regulated but it's regulated in terms of uh, the formal uh, sports uh, tournaments and if you if you if you do professional sports then there there are some <coughs> uh, regulations and stuff like that but I won't say like there is a sports industry, like uh, there's a massive uh, sports goods market, but then again, like there's no data. It's just the, um, you know, shop owners and like there, there are markets uh, for sports goods. They're selling products. So uh, it's st still, it's still uh, not structured, but I hope like as uh, companies like Kilbay and, there are a few others like who make it big, like there, we would see a lot of uh, growth potential there. Right. And you mentioned your YouTube channel before. I was actually on your YouTube channel. You have a, about 30 something thousand followers and lots yeah, of really 000. cool, lots of really cool videos. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's also, uh, Joanne, like uh, the videos are in Bangla because uh, language is a barrier. Mm. Um, and uh, because like you can find videos uh, from like, if you know the cricketers, like from Brian Lara, Virat Kohli, Sachin, uh, but then again, it's not easy for everyone to understand. Right. And also you can't interact with the mentor, but here in my platform, you can not only watch the videos in your language, but at the same time, you can interact, show your game to the mentor get evaluated so it's it's pretty cool i think like kelpi bangladesh is amazing <laughs> yes okay cool so now tell us about the services on the platform i i saw a lot i know i think you do online and you do offline right and then there's yes, courses both, and both. okay so yes. just kind of give us a big like overview of everything that you're offering to the customer so so that brings uh me to uh a very interesting um, conversation. Like, what do I sell? What's what's my like? People, people like potential investors, mentors. They have been asking me like, what is your hero product? So <clears throat> the thing is, Joanne, like if you know sports, mm. uh, so sports is what I sell. You know, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's very difficult to single out uh, one service. Like, for example, like if you're like selling um say beauty products mm -hmm. you don't sell one beauty products you know what i mean right yeah you sell creams you sell cologne you sell a suite you... of products <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh that's why like that is the problem like kind of like all my like my potential investors like you need to find one product but it's very difficult for me to find one product like i'm trying to push uh, online sport training in bangladesh um and physical fitness as well. But at the same time, like 
not everyone is keen to do online. Some people wants to join offline. And also uh, my online students, they asked for um, like cricket bats, football boots. So what do I do? Do I sell or do I don't? So I thought, mm -hmm. okay. So it's very difficult. Maybe, maybe um, down the road, one of the services would be cash cows or maybe one of the services would not be that profitable. But at this point, I actually sell sports. So it's a one-stop sports solution plot platform. Right. And you're, I guess it sounds like you're just responding to the customer's needs, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you do the online classes and you also do offline classes. Now, I saw that you, uh, I think it was like coaches and institutions. So can you expand a little bit more on that? What exactly? So uh, first first of all, the, uh, the coaching academies uh, I have uh, on my platform is because uh, there is no platform where you can actually find information about sports academies or gym, gyms uh, here in Bangladesh. So, and then I realized that uh, probably some of them would be needing students. Uh, so like still very early days, I have uh, some academies uh, uh, partnered with me. Uh, so it's right now it's, I'm trying to build uh, a marketplace, uh, sort of an aggregator where mentors and academies will get featured and you know, students would plan on my website and uh, register and I'll get commission, so. Right, do you have, uh, are, are, you do, are you seeking to sort of focus on a particular group, like whether that be schools or institutions or universities, or are you just keeping it broad? You want to sort um, of like, access sports to everybody who's, who's willing so, to engage in sports? So, so actually it's, it's pretty broad. So okay. anyone and everyone, but of course my uh, primary and target group are young people who actually play. But right. then again, you know, like an eight year old doesn't take their own decision. So it's, it's the parents. And at the same time, like see Joanne, like you have some kind of sporting needs. You know what I mean? Maybe you are looking for a gym or Maybe you're looking for a trainer. Maybe you need uh, a running shoe. Maybe you need a tennis racket. So in fact, everyone one way or the other has some need. So which I'm trying to fulfill. I know right. like there, there's like the, a lot of people has uh, been a bit, uh, I would say apprehensive about like how I'm operating right now. But I think like this is the way to go about it, you know? Like uh, if there's a travel travel site, uh, so they do sell uh, bus tickets, train tickets at the same time hotels because it's very the, the service is very relevant, you know, attached to it. So when you're traveling, you need air ticket and also you're looking for hotel. So. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you're getting a? I'm assuming you're referring to investors, right? Who are telling you you need yes. to narrow. Okay, yeah, of course. <laughs> and do you think, yes. uh, why do you think that is? See, uh, I think like maybe like, uh, I think they're right. Uh, mm. Like I should have uh, one um, core product 
but then again uh, see like if uh, as i've explained i'm selling sports like if you can sell beauty products why cannot i sell sports you know what i mean like yeah. it has different implication for different for beauty products for example an e-commerce site like they sell everything so and also the reason behind i, I think like it's still early days and um, my traction is uh, still very low uh, i think my numbers would speak for myself so once i get generate more revenue for example joan like if i ask you something like mm. if 12 years 15 years back someone would come up to you with the idea of airbnb like people renting out their rooms not houses rooms the very house they stay in would you buy it absolutely not no absolutely not <laughs> see so so yes uh, yes i know like some of the investors they are they do make some sense but then again like there are like stuff that can be done in a different way that has uh uh i think like the modality is different so i'm just i'm just uh, following my uh sports knowledge and also my like five years of entrepreneurship uh, in the sports management also a year and a half uh, uh with kelbe uh, bangladesh i think like uh, it's it's very difficult to back my claim with numbers since i don't have uh, a proper survey but i think like it's it's important that i have a full stack of sports services we're in a market where cuz i heard you say you don't have much competition right so Absolutely you're not. in a you're Zero. you're in a market where you don't have a lot of competition so i almost feel like you spread yourself as wide as you can like you cast a wide net and you kind of see what works because there's nobody else around you so what do you have to lose if that makes sense and you kind of figure right, out what people are responding to and whatever works you're like you know the first mover you go with that and then you can say okay that didn't work that didn't work and then you kind of narrow it down but then also you did say that in bangladesh you know um it's not the sporting industry is not very well developed so you you don't have data and you don't have a lot of information so what would focusing on one core product actually do for you in a market like that it's not the us right it's not the uk you understand what i mean no. it's it's so yes. different so that's what i'm thinking in my mind one line pitch is uh, very simple like currently bangladesh has no sports platform like uh, right you have a ride sharing you have multiple ride sharing apps you have great e-commerce uh, websites uh, you have um, uh apps to rent vehicles and what not nothing nothing in the sports industry so yeah. like this is this is uh, clearly like I'm, like i'm sure like th there might be a lot of uh, discussion and disagreements about my business model but yeah. i think here in bangladesh uh people mostly invest in seed stage so in uh, like like in pre seed or idea stage so yeah. not many local investors uh, are interested so i think like once i have traction like this whole conversation would be very different yeah yeah and uh, that's something i wanted to ask you the investors that you're referring to so they're not local these are overseas 
investors uh, right? mixed i think like lo local and mixed like local investors and also like i have some exposure with uh foreign investors so it's a, like most most of them uh i think i think a majority of them are locals okay okay that's good that's actually really good so there are local people investing in the local startup scene it's not like you're completely reliant on outside investors no but but then again the big tickets are always from outside of course yeah 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 so where how do you acquire your customers is it obviously you have a reputation you already have experience in the field so you were able to get those initial customers is it just repeat is it referrals do you do you do a lot of marketing how do you bring people in so right now it's a uh digital marketing that I'm focusing on. Um, and uh, so, and also digital space uh, is getting expensive by the day. Mm. So now I think like for, for next six months, uh, since COVID, uh, I hope Touchwood is finally going away. Um, we I hope. Think, <laughs> yes, I hope there's, there's uh, no new uh, variant. Uh, but the thing is that where like I got uh, badly affected is because of COVID, multiple lockdowns, the schools were closed. So mm. the schools are opening from today. Okay. So the, actually yeah, today, so, today. Yes, yes, oh, wow. today. Okay. Oh, so wow. it's, been, it's been closed almost for two years, one oh. year and 11 months. So, so the kids have been online for that entire time? So they have been like, yes, online. Wow. Um, interesting. So you, yeah, you can imagine. And also a lot of people actually suggested, oh, because uh, people are indoors, uh, then people should do more online and sports. I think, again, like I don't have uh, data to back it up, but see, when you're in a pandemic situation, uh, sports and entertainment, probably the last stuff uh, you would uh, spend from your disposable income. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, so things has to get back to normal. And then you can actually expand and go back to your previous normal life when you used to do sports, when you used to go to movies and restaurants. Yeah. You know, here in Shanghai, uh, where I am right after COVID, I actually joined, a, I'm, I'm, I like being outside, like running and cycling and all of that stuff. But we were stuck inside those first three months in 2020. And I joined an online gym. And it was actually quite interesting. We had a trainer and he would give us the exercises and we would have to record ourselves and post it in the group. And can you imagine, right? This is one of the most vulnerable things you're doing. You're recording yourself, you know, trying to barely do a push-up or something. And your post, everybody had to post in this group. And he would critique us and tell us what to do. And we'd have group classes. It was really interesting. But as soon as mm -hmm. things settled down and we were able to move again, his business, it, he had to go back to the gym because it was just a, a very short-term thing. People weren't actually interested in doing it long-term because they wanted to be out. So they were just doing that because they, they had no other option, right? Mm -hmm. So that, right. that was quite interesting. And there was a lot, there were a lot of places like that in, um, in Shanghai. I think what he ended up doing was shifting his business model for people who travel a lot. 
So for travelers, okay. business people, people who are always on the go, um, maybe they don't always have time to go to the gym. Uh, maybe the hotel they're staying in doesn't have a gym. He offered sort of online classes and he would do one-to-one -one as well. And that's probably the only, one of the few times I've seen online um, gym classes work. But then again, I don't know. There's so many different things on offer now. So who knows? Right. A lot of people watch YouTube. You have, what's that company out of Australia? There's so many companies now that do online things, but again, different markets. So I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Like uh, if, you, if you have time, uh, visit the skills. So okay. where you would find Michael Phelps giving right. a swimming tips online. Oh, okay. So are super, you- super are you keen the mills the mills i think they're called they're out of australia so are you keen on keeping the the online element you want to have this hybrid online offline option for people so uh see see that's what i've said like for example here in bangladesh uh, uh people living in the villages uh, mm. and also outside the capital and big cities they have lack of access and we don't have enough coaches right. you know we don't have enough mentor mentors gotcha. so that's that's the space I want to play with, you know, yeah. uh, to connect them with mentors. And also, this is one-on-one. -on -one, this is interactive. You can talk. You can show them your uh, game and like improve and also get mentorship, advices, and whatnot. Okay. Now, moving along to your revenue model, when I when I watched your pitch, what you did, I don't know if it's changed since then. Is it still the same like before, the subscription and the um, yes, commerce? Same. Yeah, it's it's all the right. same. Same. Okay. All the same. Yes. I remember one of the um, one of the I think one of the judges was a little skeptical of the of the subscription service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I wasn't yeah. I wasn't quite sure why though. I'm not sure too. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but you were so confident and you were like, you just answered this question like, ah, it's going to be fine. But um, I mean, because it's, I think subscription services are very popular these days. So I was trying to understand why, why he asked that. Was it like, what was his reasoning behind, behind the, the question? It was partly in Bangla and English, so I couldn't make out all, everything, but I was trying to figure out like, why, why did he ask that question? Uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out, you know, Joanne, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's all about, uh, like, I, I don't take it too personally uh, because it's all about your revenues and the numbers you present. So like, if I believe uh, there's a market out there, if I strongly believe, uh, people are willing to pay for my service. Uh, I think uh, I have to, like for investors, uh, like it's, it's their money, so it's their call. And I have to present better numbers, simple, as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not being personal here. You know, when investors tell me, oh, this might not work, like the numbers they present is not very encouraging. Right, so, right. I guess I was trying to think of it more from a, maybe he's seen it done before and it didn't work or like just from that perspective, what is what, outside of the numbers? Like why, why was he so skeptical? Like, cause I think he said he doesn't think people would pay a subscription service, but I mean, that's what a gym is. When you go to a gym, you're paying a monthly, 
a monthly membership to go yeah, to a gym. See, it's the see, same thing. The, yeah. So I, I don't know why I'm like, uh, everyone is uh, entitled to their, uh, you know, uh, ideas. Uh, Definitely. But, uh, I think, I think, see, this is, this is where I always, uh, uh, bring in Airbnb, like no matter mm. how impossible my business idea sounds, I think like it's, it's, it's onto me to, you know, uh, just, uh, make it work. And I, I guess like, I hope in a, in a year or so, once things get back to normal, uh, this should work. Yeah, but it also sounds, I will say from speaking to you, it sounds like you've identified where you have gaps and that's basically around data numbers. You need to. Yes, absolutely. Need, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, I've, I've been, that's basically it. I've been very open to uh, people's comments uh, and their advices because uh, it's important because, you know, like what I felt uh, when you build a product, you get so attached to it. Um, you think this is the best product in the world and people, everyone else is dumb. They don't get you. And you, uh, you get very emotional but, about what you're building. Yes. You get very, you get very emotional, but thankfully, like I'm not, I'm not that young. So yeah. I don't have, um, uh, that luxury to get emotional. I wish right. I could, Yeah, but it's, uh, so it's, it, it has been a great reality check, uh, participating in all the accelerated programs and also giving pitches to investors. Yeah, definitely. I think the experience, the feedback, you know, you, they expose the blind spots, the things that you True. never think about. And that's really, really right. important. Yeah. So I have two final questions for you. Uh, you don't have yes. to share on this one if you don't want to, but I'm just curious about your future plans. Like, are you, what are you thinking about like five, 10 years from now? Like, do you want to have an app? Do you see yourself scaling outside of Bangladesh? Like, what would you like to do? So like in the next five years, um, I want to make sure that uh, Kelby Bangladesh is the premium sports platform uh, in Bangladesh, the, the Google, the Google of sports. So everyone should know where to go. Uh, if uh, he needs, uh, he or she needs uh, information about sports, Kelbe Bangladesh wants to buy something, wants to participate in sports, or they can just pick up the call, uh, pick up the phone and call Kelbe Bangladesh and discuss about their injuries, about their dreams. So this is, this is, where I see myself in the next five years. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you've already spoken about some of the challenges. So the last question I have is what, I know you've learned many, I'm sure, but what is like one key lesson or maybe two lessons that you've learned from your entrepreneurial journey that you'd like to share okay. with our listeners? Um, no matter how sexy or glamorous it sounds, it is very, very difficult to build and run a startup. Um, the thought of uh, uh, owning a startup might be very exciting, but the journey is not. Uh, you need to be uh, very, very strong mentally, physically. You need to uh, be ready to break your back. And uh, also at the same time, 
no matter how much you try, like you should be able to accept failure as well. Mm, definitely. Or accept that maybe your product, your initial product might have to evolve. Yes. A little bit. Absolutely. Yes. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. So see, this is now, this is what I tell my investors because I think um, it is too early for me to pivot or, you know, think about a different uh, service or product because like it's, it's, I think like I haven't tested the market enough. Okay. When did you officially uh, found the company? What year was so, it? I have uh, launched the service officially August 24th, 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Still very young. Still very young. Yeah. And then, yeah. then like with pandemic and all, so it was like initially I was only like for three months, I was the only member working. So yeah, you know, like it's not been easy. And I think, yeah. And I think the pandemic, if you remove if you remove the pandemic time, you've probably only been operating for like a year because it's so hard to build a business in a global pandemic. It is. Right. It is very difficult. I can imagine. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your journey with us. It was really interesting to speak with you. I think you're only maybe the second or the third founder I've had on the podcast that's operating in the sports industry. I wonder why that is. Is it that it's too challenging or... Maybe I need to do a better job at finding more people in this industry. I, and also like Joanne, just <laughs> yeah. to add, just to add, like I have applied in many global uh, accelerator programs. Mm -hmm. And when you go through the categories, sport, sports is not there. Oh, so that's, okay. that's, that's very interesting. Like I haven't found a single accelerator program where their sports is a category. It's not there. Really? I think there is it is there one in the UK, a popular one somewhere in London? I didn't know that. Okay. So generally sports it is just not it's not a I guess a big startup kind of area. Yet. Yet. Ah, that's interesting because sports globally, who's not into sports, right? It's such a billion dollar industry. I'm quite surprised yeah, to but hear that. India India has some India has some amazing sports startups, like they're doing really great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and folks until next time. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this conversation, visit the Rivers platform to learn and hear more from startups in emerging markets. Download our podcast episodes by visiting the website at www.rebirdshq.com or via iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Join our growing global community of rare ones by subscribing to our newsletter on our website and visit our shop to purchase some rare gear for yourself or as a gift for your friends. Thanks again for listening in. And until next time, rare ones, bye for now.